Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Reaction edition of the Night Report podcast. Joining me once again, Richie Schneiderite. Richie, another commitment this class. Uh, Fama Toure, he's a 6'4, 200-pound athlete out of Irvington High School. Uh, he is the brother of one Mohamed Toure, who's a Rutgers defensive end. Uh, tell me a little bit about this guy. Yeah, so uh, he's actually got a pretty interesting build. I know he's listed as an athlete per us. He's 6'4", 200, like you said, but uh, he, he wants to play the outside wide receiver position, and that's kind of what Rutgers sold him on. Um, do I think he stays there? Probably not. I think he actually grows into a tight end, that hybrid type of uh, receiver tight end that uh, everyone loves nowadays. Um, he's super athletic. He's uh, pretty agile and pretty quick for a guy his size. I want to say he's a little over that 200 mark because he does look a little thicker when you see him in person. Um, I did get to see him at, um, at the Monmouth camp. He didn't participate, but I just got to chat it up with him and he's, he was very high on Rutgers there. That obviously was when Illinois came to New Jersey too. So he's very high on Illinois. That was the second, uh, or runner up, I should say in this recruitment. Um, yeah, I mean, um, it, it's a good, good, solid win for Rutgers. You get one of the top in-state products and you get back into Irvington too. Irvington has been producing guys nonstop. Um, Adon Shure is going to Notre Dame in this class. And then next class, Babu Torre who's actually Fama's younger brother is a uh, number two in the state for us in the 2024 class. So it's, it's, it's a good get, it gets you into Irvington, gets you a little bit closer to landing a very talented younger brother as well. And um, you just keep that two right connection going cousin of Kamoko. Then his uh, older brother, Muhammad's at, at Rutgers. Fama is going to be at Rutgers next year. Now, if you can get Vabu, it's like you, you got to build a pretty good, good connection and you got the, uh, the fighting two rays now. <laughs> yeah do they have any other siblings other than than those three it seems like we hear about a new Toure every year um, I know it's 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 crazy there there is one other that's I think a cousin of theirs who uh I think his name was actually also Muhammad Toure I think he's over at Kent State or one of the Mac schools I forget which one but that was okay. uh that was last year class 2022 20, 21 I forget what it was but regardless uh no I think after Vabu I think that's it gotcha and so Fama, it has been kind of bandied about that he's a guy who might be a little positionless in terms of mm-hmm. he's, you know, a, a large bodied guy, but he might not have the skill set to really like fit in perfectly at any position in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Um, is your prediction like his best fit would be at tight end? Um, yeah, just because I don't know if he has the speed that uh, Sean Gleason really wants with this offense. If you look at some of the guys he's recruited over the past couple of years, Look at Fitzroy uh, Legister, who they just added late in the 2022 class. He's a speedster. Then you look at some of the other wide receivers they have in this class. You know, Jesse O'Fury is not, maybe not the fastest, but Dylan Braithwaite is very, very fast. They were also pushing and they landed at one point. Yazid Haynes, who ran a 4-3-9. So it's like they want speed on this offense. So I think that's clear as day. Um, does Fama have that outside speed that they want at receiver? Probably not. He probably has the speed similar to like a Sean Ryan type of guy, one of those taller um big uh big red zone threat guys but this is where i think he probably fits the tight end position a little better because of that build he has he has a nice frame that you could probably pack on like a 20 30 pounds and put him at tight end and 
I, I haven't checked out his blocking recently. Obviously, most of these camps, it's just one-on-one drills at the end of the day, whether uh, other than like the little like workouts and stuff like that. But it's hard to uh, determine how good of a blocker he might be at the next level. But it's something that they could definitely teach and work on. And that's where a guy like uh, you kind of hope Nunzio Campanelli can kind of teach him this stuff. Yeah, for sure. And this would be the fourth wide receiver commitment in this class. Do you think they're done at wide receiver at this point? Uh, I'd say probably. Um, just looking at the recruiting board right now, um, I named two of them before, and Fury and Braithwaite. And they, I also forgot about Ville Nakun Jr. out of uh, Florida as well. He's another – Oh, I guess this would be the fifth because DeAndre Johnson as well. Uh, DeAndre Johnson's a weird one. So me, me and Alex have talked about this back and forth. Um, he could play linebacker which probably not realistic with his size at six, six more of a D end, if I had to guess. So he could play defensive end. He could play tight end. He could play receiver. I know Alex in his most recent post actually has him at a, a tight end guy, which again, you have another tall tight end target, but, but do you really want like four tight ends in this class? So, I mean, yeah, probably not. that's not really realistic either, but he, Deandre Johnson's one of those freak athletes. You kind of just, you get on the campus and then you figure it out. Like what, what's he good at? Like, I know Shiano's kind of a little bit known for this at this point between Max Patterson, Chris Long recently, both flip-flopping between each side of the field to just kind of feel out and see where they kind of set up better position-wise. So I think this uh, – I think Fama, you put him at receiver when he gets here, check, try him out. If it doesn't work, pack on some pounds, go to tight end. For sure. Um, so I want to pivot to his brother, Vabu. Uh, what position does he play and how high of a level recruit is he? So, so he's technically a safety for them. I know he's listed at 6'1". I think he's a little smaller than that. Um, their defensive back unit at Irvington's wild with Shure and him yeah. back there. So it's, it's very dominant. Um, but he, it's, it's going to be a tough one for Vabu because Muhammad Toure didn't have that like a ton of offers down at Pleasantville. Ended up staying home going to Rutgers. Fama had a couple more power fives between Boston College. I think Pitt offered them. Ole Miss. Uh, what am I looking at? Illinois, Duke. Obviously, in the end, it was Rutgers and Illinois. And he chose Rutgers. But now you have Vabu. Vabu's already got Bama. He's got Florida State. He's got LSU, Kentucky, uh, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Notre Dame, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's, I think all of his offers are actually all Power Fives except UMass. So he's got 18 Power Five offers. So, Jeez. I mean, it, it's going to be a tough one and for uh, to fight for Vabu. But having both your brothers on campus in Piscataway is only going to help, I would think. Uh, yep. but at the end of the day, he hasn't visited really anywhere either. He's only been to, he's been to Notre Dame once. He's been to Rutgers, obviously a bunch of times before watching his uh, brother play. Um, and then he's been to Boston college once, but uh, I'm sure there's a couple others that were missing on his profile, but he, he hasn't really been to a bunch of different colleges yet. I kind of expect over the next year for him to get out there and get to different colleges. Um, after that, then it's going to be kind of come down to not decision time right away, but then it will kind of like, narrow down his recruitment a little bit and kind of show you where he's leaning in the end. I think Rutgers isn't going to be there uh, for the long haul. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think uh, he'll probably drop it down to like, like most kids, he'll probably drop it down like a top seven, then a top five, then a top three, then decision date. Um, I don't think he's in any rush to decide. I think this is one that's probably going to drag out a bit. Uh, I think next spring, early summer, he'll probably take some camp visits or just visits in general maybe some official visits in June and then uh, he'll probably do what Fama did and make a, make a July decision. Maybe. Gotcha. Um, 
kind of pivoting to to cross the state recruiting. There's been actually a, a fair amount of like high level commitments since our last podcast report. I just kind of want to fly through some of them and you can kind of give your thoughts at the end. So DJ Samuels ended up committing to Maryland. He was a guy that Rutgers seemed like lukewarm on, like a guy you have to recruit because he's at a big school and he's a big producer across the state. Yeah. All these kids know him as a top player, but he's probably not an ideal fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric King, who used to be pretty high on Rutgers, but I think from me just reading the tea leaves here, I don't know this to be true. It sounds like he kind of waited a little too long and his spot got yeah. taken up. Uh, Sadir Mitchell ended up at Texas. It sounded like Ole Miss was the favorite there for a bit. And then mm-hmm. I guess Texas came in at the last second. Uh, Logan Howland, we alluded to leaning towards Oklahoma. He ended up committing to Oklahoma last week. Mm-hmm. And then Musa Kane, who seemed like a guy Rutgers was really high on and um, seemed like he was leaning towards Oklahoma, but he ended up committing to Duke. Uh, no, that was a lot to throw at you, but just kind of break down like what's been going on across the state in the last few weeks. Yeah. So just going through them real quick. Um, I'm just going through based on the rankings. Sadir was actually not, not Ole Miss. It was actually Georgia. Uh, Georgia thought they had him in a bag, and then the rumors are someone someone dropped a bag, <laughs> and that's 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 how Texas uh, recruits. That's how Texas A and M's recruiting right now, as as we know based on the uh, the rumors and the Chase Basantis uh, rumor mill over there. So I mean, it, it's that one's a little interesting. Uh, Logan Howen, uh, he never really considered Rutgers all that much. Rutgers did offer. Um, it, it's a shame because he's a kid Rutgers could have had last class when he was still a tight end prospect. Um, they could have had him as a PWO. You didn't even have to offer him a scholarship, and they probably could have landed him. Now yeah. he transitions to offensive tackle. I watched him a couple times this spring and summer, and he, he looks phenomenal as offensive lineman. He moves well. He packed on a bunch of weight. I know he says 6'7", 280, but he's, he's probably every bit of 6'7", 300. Um, that was down to Miami, Oklahoma. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma won out in that one. Uh, who are the other two? Eric King. So he, the rumor was Syracuse for the longest time, or well, was Rutgers at first, and then Syracuse after that, and then Syracuse added someone else instead. So then he just ended up uh, taking what was available at the time, and that would be that would be Temple. Good get for Temple. I think actually he'll probably fit pretty well there. And who knows? Maybe we'll see him uh, down the line in two years as a uh, Temple keeps becoming this uh, feeder program. The Rutgers. Um, <laughs> uh, who who was the other one? There was one more, right? Musa Kane. Oh, Musa Kane. Yeah. Um, rumored to Oklahoma. That kind of that was a weird like die off that happened there in recruitment. Um, Penn State gave him a real, real long, long look, but in the end, um, it, he just wasn't a take because Penn State ended up landing a bunch of other guys, um, a couple four star guys from Alabama, and then um, it, he went to Duke. He liked Duke a lot. Uh, he built a great relationship with Mike Elko. Mike Elko kind of sold him on the idea that he could be one of these um, these top DBs that he's going to use, and uh, this is going to be a new look Duke team, I think, in the in the future. I think Elko is a pretty good defensive coordinator at A and M, so I think he's going to turn Duke into a pretty solid program at least. And then uh, what was the last one? Oh, DJ Samuels. Uh, obviously, he went to Maryland. Rutgers showed some early interest, but then it kind of died off again. Uh, it's, it's tough for me because you watch his tape. He dominates against four-star competition and three and like high, almost five-star guys. Like he looks really good. It's just like, he's such a tweener between a linebacker and edge rusher. And it's just, I don't know if it's going to work full-time in the big 10 though. It's obviously we're going to get to find out because Maryland took him, but I just don't know how much. There's very few examples of guys that have his body dimensions working out as huge big time edge defenders. Like I could only really think of, 
you know, like a guy like Elvis Doomerville comes yeah. to mind immediately. Um, Dwight Freeney, but mm-hmm. the, the list is short for a reason because guys with yeah. his size don't typically have the ability to play at high levels. The only thing he has working for him right now is like the obviously we both know the big north is phenomenal football. It's probably the best in Jersey, it's probably one of the best in Northeast. Um, he has the sack leader, single season sack leader in the big north of all time. That's, that's saying something considering some of the guys that came through there over the years. And then um, he, if you watch him and talk to him, the kid has the drive, like he has the drive to be great. I really think is he a little cocky at times. Yeah. But if you're, if you're good, like you can back it up. I don't really mind it. If you could back it up. So, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you ended up being a successful player. Um, it's just, it's such a risk for some teams, especially when you're, you're kind of limited on scholarships and then you kind of want to focus on the portal a little more. And that, that's kind of where uh, where Rutgers, it seems like, is going to go to after uh, after Toure and maybe one more, two more guys, and then go to the portal. Yeah, which I don't blame them. I think they had more success in the portal this past year than I anticipated. Um, I think they got a couple of really high-level guys and Dorenzo and, and Tosh Harris, and I think they got a, a ton of serviceable guys as well. So yeah. if that's their strategy, I'm all for it because that's a way, one way to get better, and I think – the transfer portal has opened up a lot of different avenues for teams to improve uh, that weren't there a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I, I guess mean, we'll uh, just have to trust them in, the, in this process. Yeah, it, it's it's tough because like a lot of people I know keep saying Jersey's such a bad down year. This blah 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 that and a third, but it's like it's I wouldn't say it's too too far off. I know next year's class obviously looks pretty solid so far early on, but I, I still wouldn't say. Uh, New Jersey's recruiting is that bad this year. I think it's actually still pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um, we've kind of gone through a lot today. Is there anything else you wanted to hit on before we sign off? Um, no, I think the only other thing is uh, right now, as of this moment, Ted Gregory is uh, probably the main target for Rutgers going forward. Uh, he's supposed to decide this Saturday on the 23rd. That's from what I was told. Uh, as we're recording this, it's, it's up in the air still. We'll see if that's a hundred percent or not. I'm probably have a board post within the next day or so uh, confirming or confirming one way or the other, if he's going to still go on the 23rd or not. I know um, Vanderbilt offered right before the dead period and it's kind of making him think a little bit um, not just Vanderbilt in general, but just um, recruiting in general. He's thinking make, Hey, maybe that's only my second power five offer. Maybe I could probably get a couple more if I get my tape out there. Or like a lot of schools are telling them like they want to see those first three games. And that's like the prototypical like statement from coaches. But they sometimes they see these first three games and it's like, oh, shit, like, why didn't we offer this kid? We're idiots. Like <laughs> they go offer him and it's like, oh, there he goes. He just blew up and there goes 20. He went from 12 to 25 already. So yep. that, that's the only other uh, recruiting update right now. Uh, we're hearing Chase Basantis is close to deciding. It doesn't sound like it's going to be Rutgers. It sounds more like A&M at the moment. Could that change? Who knows? Um, I'm curious to see. I don't think Shiano would say anything, but like a lot of times when like these, these like uh, especially A&M and like Miami stuff like that, like all these rumors come out and a lot of stuff like that's been coming out. Like you'll see coaches like the West Virginia coach didn't hold back Neil Brown. Like the other day, like I want to say three weeks ago, four weeks ago, straight up just ripped in the NIL. It was just like, this is ridiculous. I just lost my best player. Um, obviously you're seeing Nick Saban go after A&M now. Like I'd, I'd be curious if Greg just kind of like threw a little like shade at somebody. I don't think he would, but 
it kind of it hype up the fan base a little bit, I think. Uh, I think if Basantis ended up at Michigan State, um, oh, yeah. on top of all the, the chop thieving and they yeah. pled ignorance about, I don't think Shiano's that type, but I think he would clearly have a, a shit list with Michigan State at the top. Oh, yeah, and you, you try to pummel them every time you play them, or mm-hmm. you, just, you play hard-nosed football at that point. And yep. <laughs> it'd be interesting. I know I, I hate to say that it's – like, I know everyone's pissed about it, but it's forming into, like, a little bit of a rivalry. Like you got I mean, I'm here one. for it. Uh, that, that's a good one. Like, you're not ever going to get, like, Michigan-Ohio State type of rival, rivalry, but this could be a big one, especially because their old rival or, quote-unquote, whatever, that land-grant trophy is between Michigan State and Penn State. If you can kind of, like, sneak in there and make your own trophy a little bit and make it like a – make it an axe, that would just be cool at that point and funny. That would be cool. Um, we'll see. I know, I know Rutgers is – I don't know if they're as forward-thinking as they should be with – in regards to this kind of stuff, um, yeah. but it's, it's tough. It is uh, it's tough to break into and you need the donors at the end of the day. And if you guys, uh, I'm, I'm going to give a little shout out. If you guys didn't join already that the KTR, the Knights of the Raritan, you got to join it. Like that's the only way that like Rutgers is going to be able to compete with this NIL stuff. Uh, there's no other way at the moment. Um, look at what Texas tech just did a hundred total players and 85 of which are scholarship 15 walk-ons are all going to get, 25,000 a year straight up just, just for being on the team. And like, for those uh, who are wondering what the math equals out to at home, that's two and a half million dollars a year for just payroll from their collective to go to their football team. Just some guy who just wants to play GM. And that's, that's pretty much it. Rutgers needs Rutgers needs a, a billionaire just to adopt Rutgers or to, you know, step up. I, I don't, I don't have a list of all the Rutgers alums that are billionaires i'm sure it's not zero though so they got to figure out a way to really empower them to feel like they could basically make it their own and measure have, you know their success with it doesn't have to be a ruckers alone think about the towers the towers, yeah, exactly. the towers from wisconsin I'm fine, Nebraska. With, I'm fine with being adopted i don't care yeah exactly. we just need the money <laughs> hey you hey hey you're like number four or five on like the top donors of michigan why don't you be the number one at ruckers yeah, how about you be our dad yeah. instead of being the stepbrother over here? Exactly. Just saying. Just saying. Not, a bad, not a bad idea. It's a good sales pitch for Pat Hobson, bro. Or I should say uh, Sean Tucker at this point. Yeah, it's got to be such a, an awkward kind of conversation, though, because it's not supposed to be affiliated, but it really is affiliated because these yeah. guys aren't just like throwing darts in, in the dark trying to pick out guys that they think should be on the team. Oh, yeah. They're clearly getting instructions. So, yeah, there's no way you're just like, hey, look at this four star. Hey, go to Rutgers for 100K. And like, what? We don't want him. Like, no. Yeah. Why are you sending this kid to us? He's terrible. Yeah. yeah. No, that doesn't happen. It's, there's, there's some shady stuff always going around. But what are you going to do? That's it's recruiting. So, that's all I got. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in again. Uh, we will have a an announcement coming soon about – some updates with the podcasts, all positive announcements, but just wanted to put that out into the ether because big news is coming soon. Uh, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Night Report Podcast.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.